Hey guys, it's Nick. Just wanted to give you a quick reminder that the episode you're about to hear, uh, just like the one before it and the one after it, were all recorded in one big batch in mid-May. Thank you. Damn! I know, I was excited for you to see that. That's why I started recording. Wow. Tell people what you're talking about. I'm talking about how I used to be addicted to Twitter and then I didn't use Twitter for two years and then now I'm tweeting as Terrace House Mafia. <laughs> and my Animal Crossing bag of weeds tweet got 229 retweets. And it's the little things, man. You're out here doing numbers. Yeah, I'm an influencer. You are. Hi, it's Terrace House Mafia. I'm Noelle. I'm Nick. And we just watched episode 41. That's right. Which was kind of like a surprise episode because mm-hmm. they stopped production and then we got the DL on Tori-chan's Instagram. That's right. That was how it, it wiki leaked its way into our household, is that she posted a pic of her back in the stew. Yeah, alone. Alone. So that probably means that... So the, the approach for this episode, because of Corona and COVID and stuff, they, they came out and explicitly said something that I'd been wondering for a while, which was they must have shot stuff that is like done and could be edited. Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, Yamachan, who is the solo host of this app, comes out and says that that's the case. Right. So they're going to cycle through the peanut gallery. That's my assumption. I would love to see the the little boy do it. (laughs) Try to solo an app. And just not know what to say. (laughs) It might be sick though. We might get like, we might come to learn that he's more, (laughs) maybe when he's forced to talk, he's interesting. Like our boy Shion. That's true. I, Shion is Shion is great. He that's well yeah we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah. So this episode is called Life Threatening Date, which <laughs> was a really ominous title, especially with the Sapporo trip on the horizon. But it turns out the life that was being threatened, I guess, was meant to be Boss, right? Because he's the one who says like, <laughs> "I'm going to go there, and I plan to get blacked out, and if I if I confess to her and she rejects me, I won't come back." When you put it like that. It sounds like he's already heartbroken. He's pre-heartbroken? Like he already knows that it's a no-go and he's already grieving. Maybe. I mean, on some level, it would make sense that he he should know by now that she's not reciprocating with anywhere near the the zest that he's bringing to the table. It's It's not a symmetrical level of enthusiasm he's like watching like the building burn and collapse in (laughs) front of his eyes and this whole like show that he's put on of being like this cocky he's like man if there any anyone else approaches her i'll see it as a welcome challenge i got this in the bag i think if i ask her out right now 70 percent chance of a yes like it, it almost feels like that is maybe a cover to protect his ego in case like like he's in denial almost where he's like all this cockiness and confidence mm. and one of the there's so many dates this episode like every possible pairing of people basically happens yeah well they weren't really dates no though. the ones with uh shion were <laughs> just like you know gossip girls it, the shion dates really felt to me like a girl dishing gossip with her male best friend right you know what i mean yeah, I can't tell if it's fucked up to just say that, but like I've pretty much concluded that Shion is gay like internally. Well, you mentioned during while we were watching this episode, you said something about how like <laughs> something about his the tone of voice. You were like, I think you said that you said I like you wish that I could understand Japanese so I could 
understand the the way his his Japanese sounds. Right, because he talks just like one of the girls, mm. but like even more girly. Like Hana is like much more like masculine than him in like the way she speaks. So while we're while we're um, diagnosing people based on how their <laughs> Japanese is pronounced, what is what? How does Boss speak then, comparatively? Um, he sounds like a business bro, okay. and like he's funny. He's like a comedian also. What about Rayo? Rayo actually sounds quite intelligent, mm-hmm. and he will like casually say really deep things like it's he's saying something very casual but then if you look into it it sounds like so deep mm-hmm. like he talk he talks like a poet or like an artist Ooh. like a smart one all right and then what about vivi's japanese vivi is really good he she she has better japanese than hana or um yume that's, that is insane by far in terms of like vocabulary mm. or like like how polite she speaks interesting i guess i'd love to hear her open up on the show about the process of learning Japanese for her mm-hmm. and how intensely she clearly must have studied to get this good. I mean, I know you you have a theory that part of it is that Russian and Japanese are phonetically pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess Yume. Yume's Japanese. Yume sounds um, always very vague, like <laughs> indecisive. Mm-hmm. Um, like you ask her a question and the way that she answers, like... Is like it could really be either way. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. And wow, like, that's a nuance that I was not getting from like the subtitles. It's funny though because like, so her Japanese to me sounds very vague. Like she doesn't know what she's answering, mm-hmm. and then her actions are also very vague. So maybe <laughs> she's just overall like floaty. A vague person. Floaty. floaty thing. Floaty. Yeah, it's interesting though. So this this episode opens and closes with dates between Boss and Yume. And it oh and it actually opens and closes with them cooking meat. Oh my um, god! Yeah, I, was I wrote screaming. down in my notes. Noelle kept yelling "fuck" <laughs> every time there was food on the screen. It was physically painful to know that I can't eat that. You know right what it now. is? It's I, I, we already have like a baseline level of wishing we were in Japan all the time, and, right. and I think the the quarantine and being trapped in this apartment twenty four seven has compounded that. Yeah, and the drought of Terrace House episodes, so that like watching this episode for us, especially considering this episode was almost all people going to nice restaurants, it was just yeah. like and drinking and drinking. It it was so the the god that I, I wish that were me energy this episode was through the roof yeah it was like physically painful um one thing that i i would love to know what you think is boss in that opening meet date boss is asking um yume like so uh you're you going out with the other guys like oh you're going out with with reo no dinner huh that sounds fun <laughs> and it was just like we both laughed at that and i want to know your take on like like his jealousy yeah that's what it feels like is boiling barely hidden beneath the surface there there was a lot of that this episode like also with the valentine's day gifts and Mm -hmm. him just like immediately after the girls get their gifts he was like i'm going to sleep and then he just like went upstairs that was my hardest no that that scene where um reo comes home and gives a a early valentine's day present to yume was my biggest laugh of the episode because bosses like like his like his whistle, his loud whistle that he does twice to express his. Di- I almost think it was like involuntary, where he just like he just it he his displeasure at somebody else trying to court this girl that he's after is it's almost a physical reaction for him. Yeah, I at this point I like have just been registering as 
comedy or like him being comedic mm -hmm. because it's sad like otherwise i guess i also think i mean i also think that he intentionally plays it for laughs like he says these sort of pathetic <laughs> needy things like all right so now where do i now that there's a new guy in the house now where do i rank out of the three guys and he's like kidding but he's not yeah <laughs> he like he he gets that it's a crazy thing to ask and he makes a lot of jokes about how pathetic he is but he also She's like, haha, do I really have to answer that? And he's like, haha, yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, it's crazy how the tables have turned. Like, it, like boss is the victim now, which <laughs> I think is hilarious. Yeah. It, well, that's that's an interesting turn that transpires over the course of the episode. I think one thing I would say about boss's behavior in that first date is I, I kept finding myself thinking, how would he be acting if, let's say, the camera wasn't there? Or if they had been dating for a year and she said that she was going to go hang out with one of her guy friends. Like it's it's total complete speculation on my part. But it's, it's like scary. It's so easy to imagine it being him being like a hyper controlling. Yeah. Like maybe the jokey veneer of his jealousy would fade away and it would just be raw, unadulterated. Like the jealousy that we see hints of every time someone interacts with Yume who's a guy and isn't him. Oh my God, that's so scary. Well, the ending of this episode is a real cliffhanger that will determine, I guess, how scared we should be for her. Um, oh, right. Because if she says no, she has to spend the rest of like the night with an angry, sad, jealous man. I'm, I'm less worried about that and more worried about what happens if she says yes, you know? <laughs> because... I, I think on some level he's asking this question. I think he does genuinely like her. And yeah. his speech at the end, I think he surprised himself with how much he, he meant it. Because he's like talking about, he's spitting this, he's spitting a written a little bit of like, being on this date with you has just really confirmed for me what I already knew about how much I like you. And then he even says like, honestly. Yeah. Um, like it's not a joke. <laughs> so I think it is not a joke, but I also think he's asking her to be his girlfriend literally minutes before they go spend the night together in this like cabin apartment thing it just feels a little bit like he's like all right sign this <laughs> sign this contract let's get this official let's get this on the books mm -hmm. before we go sleep in this house together like it feels very like he's trying to get all the barriers out of the way that stand between him and sleeping with this girl I think what's going to happen is she just gives a vague answer again. Mm -hmm. She's going to be like, oh, well, I really like you, but I just don't know yet. It's funny. When they do these cliffhangers, it always feels like this tense fraud. You hear that door slam at the end of the episode and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? But I think on some level, you're right. We know what's going to happen. She's She was practically practicing in her conversation with Xion, like <laughs> ways to let this dude down easy. We know that she's like not ready to fully commit to him yet. Right. So she is going to let him down easy. It's just a matter of how she's going to go about it and how frank she's going to be. She knew this was coming. For sure. For sure. She's it's spent... happened to her many a time. Yeah, that's that's for sure. It has that whole like night or like all of their dates have the vibe of like, I imagine her doing the same shit with like older like kind of creepy like uncle men mm -hmm. that will just like take her out on like nice dates. But then I feel like most of those dudes know that they don't actually have a chance and would never actually press her as much as bosses. Right. Except boss is like not old and like thinks he has a chance. Yeah. He's got that like hot shit, successful business CEO cockiness in his, in his arsenal. Yeah. One of my, I think my favorite scene the whole episode is this 
scene in the playroom between Rayo and Yume where he asks her to go up and like have a drink with him mm-hmm. where it's one of many times this episode where Yume explains that she doesn't really like boss that much she just finds if she's like if a guy's courting her aggressively she finds herself drawn towards them and just the the momentum of it ends up carrying her accidentally into like a, a relationship yeah. and my favorite exchange i think maybe the cutest exchange this whole season so far uh reo asks yume so if i were to buy for your attention what would you do and she kind of like smirks and mm-hmm. goes i'd be in trouble <laughs> and I was like, that's adorable. Yeah, it was really cute. I mean, if a really cute girl that you're chilling in Livingwood says that, mm-hmm. I feel like it's so hard not to to do it, to right. pursue her. She's she's essentially saying, like, bring it on. Like, Literally. Pursue me. Yeah. Like, for real. Yeah. Um. So that does raise the question, though. Like, last time we checked in with this crew, Vivi and Rayo had just gone on this really cute, wholesome date to the beach right and so like it's almost like there's two rayos here the way he acts in a scene with vivi if it was a guy who was less charming and and less handsome we might find it creepy because he's a little (laughs) he's kind of two-faced and he's kind of courting all these people with what feels like similar um like moves yeah and and he'll tell you know one person Ah, uh, yeah, I'm not really interested in her. But then he'll also take that, like he told uh, Hana, for example, that he's he's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not really that drawn toward Yume. But then when he's in Wait, the play, did he say that? He did on the date with with Hana, or I guess it wasn't really a date, but on the hangout with Hana. Yeah. He said something to the effect of that was not a date. Yeah, it really wasn't. I actually think Shion and Hana have both. They both feel kind of external to the show. Like they've moved into this observer view where they're just gossiping and just watching everyone else. Yeah. But they're not like actively courting anyone else at all, right? Right. Shion could start courting Boss. <laughs> That's the this is our dream pairing, okay? <laughs> it's Boss and Shion, uh Rayo and Vivi. Rayo yeah, and Yume? I like Rayo and Vivi. Here, so here's a question I wanted to ask you, though. What does Rayo want? Like, what do you think Rayo... Where is his actual heart at? Where is his real enthusiasm? I think he's literally just trying to get to know all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, Hana doesn't seem like he has a romantic interest in. True. He's not flirting with Hana. Yeah. But obviously he thinks that Vivi and Yume are both hot and <laughs> is, like, getting to know them. Yeah. And he's not psycho, so he's not, like, in love with one of them yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I guess it's just, like... I mean, it's like a dating show. Right. It feels like he's on he's on The Bachelor and, and everyone else is on Terrace House sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, I guess I just... The Vivi-Rayo date was so picturesque that there's a part of me that is scared Vivi's going to fuck around and get her heart broken. Because right. when, when he goes into the girls' room this episode for the first time, Vivi is saying shit like, I'm like completely under your spell now. And he's saying to her like, yeah, I hope that doesn't change. Yeah, it's hard if you if Vivi actually likes him, I feel like it'll be hard to get over him now that he's said those things to her. Yeah, she's he's essentially said to her like, that's totally fine. Right. Please put all your eggs in this basket. But I'm also going to because he he really doesn't have a reason to to pursue this. You may think. Right. Like, why not? He said he said that he's not super drawn to her. Um, he's got a good thing going on potentially with Vivi and like he's entangling himself in an insane amount of potential drama 
with Boss, who he has to live with and sleep in the same room as. So Boss he, is not very threatening. <laughs> no, he's he's not. But I do think that it's like, it, it feels like, I mean, whatever. If he really likes her, and I don't think he does yet, but if he really likes her, he should go for it. Especially since it seems like she recipro- would reciprocate. I just feel like, what what happens to Vivi in that scenario? Like, she she probably dips, right? She probably leaves the show. It, well, he was saying that he thinks she's already planning to leave. Yeah. She's like taking her appliances out of the house. I love that observation. That's, it's it's yeah. such a like interesting piece of detective work and not something I'm used to hearing from the Terrace House cast members. Yeah, he's observant. Huh. I don't remember the scene where he told Hana that he's not into Yume. It was when they were getting uh, dinner together. That's weird because he very much seems into Yume. <laughs> So the subtitles translated as I don't feel a strong pull towards Yume, but I would like to get her know get to know her better. How do you interpret that? Uh, vague. He said Mada monai, which is like Mada means like not yet. Mm, okay. And he said so that he said there's no like strong feelings yet. I want to get to know her more. I see. But he's leaving open the... Okay, that's a little less um, conclusive and final than I don't feel a pull towards her. Yeah, yeah. That that makes me... Okay, that kind of makes me rethink things then. Because if that's the case, then he's like, things are going well with Vivi. Things could potentially go well with this girl over here. Yeah. Also, if he does end up swooping in and start seeing Yume, the added benefit to that is that he becomes like the hero of the season for us. (laughs) (laughs) Like, although I will, I have to admit, the more time we spend with Boss, the funnier I think he is. He's fucking hilarious. Like, on purpose funny. Yeah. And it's this weird, like, like when they're drinking in um, Hokkaido, she, like, does the tequila shot and eats the lemon, and he's like, give me that lemon. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, what are you doing? And he takes the lemon and puts it in his mouth, which is like... <laughs> it's the it's such a boss thing because it's both creepy and funny in almost exactly equal proportion like an exactly 50 50 down the middle like isn't this silly that i'm doing this but also i'm doing this right um which is just him he in has a like no filter none and i i actually think an even better example of him being no filter is uh right before the kaido trip there's a scene where Boss and Yume are like cuddling on the couch together. Mm-hmm. And she kind of basically says, like she braces him for the fact that she's like, hey, um, <laughs> I like you the most, but it's not like the end all be all thing. It's not that serious for me. And then he's like, all right, got it. Can I have a good night hug? And she says, yes. <laughs> and he hugs her from behind. And she goes like, wow, it's like you're choking me. And <laughs> Is there any more elegant metaphor for this relationship than a weird hug that kind of feels like you're being smothered? Like that's, that is boss to a T. Yeah, think. yeah, totally. And then it's, now that you mentioned that, it's hilarious how Yume prefaced their Hokkaido trip by saying like, hey, mm-hmm. like I like you the most, but it's not serious. Right. And then the next day or whatever, boss is like, will you be my girlfriend? He, he decided on this plan. <laughs> Like, he was telling the guys and the guys, or he, I guess it was just Shion, but he was telling Shion in the boys' room, 
yeah, my plan is to confess. Then he hears from her, yeah, it's an, I don't know, I want to take my time, it's not that serious. And then he goes through with the confession anyway, yeah. which is why I feel like you're 100% right, Noelle, and she's going to let him down gently and it's not going to be a yes. But what if it, what if it's a yes? If it's a yes, then they're going to quarantine together. Dude, that's that's a whole nother TV show. <laughs> I almost, I, I don't know how long we've been recording. It feels like potentially a long time, but I'm having fun. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how you felt about Yamachan hosting the episode all by himself. How do you think he did? I mean, we both wrote this in our notes, but it was stand-up. It felt like stand-up. And I hope that he got paid like double the amount that he usually does. It should have been, what, six, six septuple. Yeah. It was so funny. And he, it, he was killing it. Yeah. It was very fucking Japanese too. Mm. Like it felt like he was speaking like more properly than he always did. I don't know. I guess he was getting into character. I liked it. Well, it's interesting because he has nobody to bounce off of. So he has to go into that like reciting his notes mode and he i noticed he would say like nay mm. like between phrases like yeah 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 which I is how it feels like if you're recording if you're streaming on twitch for example and you're talking to yourself yeah you're kind of talking to a person who isn't there yeah but his flow was so like set up punchline set up punchline set up punchline like in this scene this happened here's a joke about that in this scene, i would like watch it made me think two things one i would watch him do stand up period, about anything. Mm -hmm. Two, the fact that he like took notes all the time, which honestly warmed my heart because I was like, oh, he's just like us. Yeah. Um, In his notebook that says hell on it. Yeah. <laughs> we, sh we should get that. We should. We should. <laughs> that should be our, our second merch item after the Rio shirt <laughs> knockoff that I keep forgetting to make. That's true. Um, I, I also, there were, the vibe was like 70% stand-up comedy, 30% like book reading because mm -hmm. he kept looking at his notes and just reading them off the page. And I was like, I would read a whole book about this season written by him. Yeah. Completely. Well, we should watch his YouTube specials. I've I've done the thing before cuz we've been watching the Sopranos lately where I've I've like googled phrases or moments or quotes in the Sopranos and wound up on like books.google.com reading an excerpt from some person's book about like their analysis of each oh. episode of season 3 of the Sopranos or whatever. Wow. And I was like, I want a book like that, but it's about Terrace House and it's written by Yamachan. <laughs> That'd be so funny. That's probably his YouTube series. No, you're right. We should we should give that a shot. There yeah. are apparently there are people out there translating it, some of which who listen to this podcast. So Wow, interesting. We should give that a watch. Cause it, I bet you're right. That it, that would be the vibe. That is probably because he's it's a solo. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a similar. Maybe that's why he was so good at it and he was such a natural at it. Yeah. I did small fan service thing, hearing him say the uh Kombawa read at the top of the show <laughs> uh, that Tori-chan usually does just yeah. felt like I loved that. I, yeah. For reasons I can't articulate, I loved hearing that come out of his voice this time. Yeah, he's hilarious. Who's, whose solo episode are you the most excited for? You. Yeah, that'll be awesome. She's fucking hilarious. She is dude. really funny. Yeah. No. I wonder if everyone's going to approach it the same way with like taking notes and then just reading them off. I don't know. Not everyone's as funny as, as Yamachan. Yeah, I'm I'm actually this is like a good opportunity for us to get the flavors of like each peanut gallery member. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Same. I I think if Tokui was still which Yamachan gave a shout out to Tokui. I know, he said <laughs> Yeah. Are you watching Tokui? And then what was the other line? It was like It was like, Are you paying your taxes? Yeah. Very very, very funny. Yeah. Cool that he 
is brave enough to reference that and that it made it into the show. Totally. Um, it, do, does that give you hope that they might bring him back for one of these? They'll probably bring him back like next season or fuck something, that, right? Man, fuck that. I want him back now. I know. The world's forgiven him. The rest of the peanut gallery has done a phenomenal job of greasing the wheels no of like normalizing. Cared. No yeah, one cared no, in the first place. Totally. The peanut gallery doesn't. The production staff doesn't. The audience doesn't. Like maybe like angry Japanese netizens who are commenting on like Yahoo news posts are mad about it, but like fuck them, they're not they're not real Terrace House fans. Dude, taxes like taxes in Japan are so high. Like, really? Like yes. higher than here by a lot? Yeah, definitely way higher than hmm. here. Yeah, but I mean Alex Turner like everybody loves him. Who's that? He got caught for tax evasion. He's like the lead singer of Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think of other famous tax evaders. Yoshi. Yoshi? From Mario. <laughs> what? Yeah, he got embroiled in a... What? It's a long story. But back in like in 2019, he got caught up in a big tax evasion mm. scandal. It was really... Mm-hmm. Uh, we still love Yoshi. We do. Yeah. We do. Have you paid your taxes, Yoshi? Are you watching Yoshi? Um, well, that's that should do it for episode 41. Um, but what a salve it is to have Terrace House back, even in this like somewhat weird format. Yeah, I'm enjoying it though, selfishly. Mm-hmm. The solo stand-up acts. Yeah, it, 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 it's a blessing in disguise. Like you said, we're getting to learn a little more about each member of the peanut gallery. Yeah. Um, can't wait for the next one. Yeah, me too. And remember what, what do we say at the end of every episode? We'll do this again. That's right. <laughs>